Good morning, everybody. All of you that are watching by live stream today, we appreciate you joining in on the service. Open your Bibles, if you will, please, first of all, to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. This has been an important verse in my life all these years. I first discovered it way back in 1969 when I first began studying the word of God. And uh, I remember one of my first sermons was preached right out of Joshua chapter one. Over the last few days, I've, I've sensed by the Holy Spirit, or from the Holy Spirit, that we need to go over some things that you've heard, you know, heard me preach, heard Justin preach, and many others in the church here talk about it. But it's important that you never allow truths to slip away. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. That is, if you continue in the word, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So it's important that we never let go of the truth. And Jesus said, talking to his father, thy word is truth. So that book you have in your lap or However it is you have the word of God on your iPhone, your iPad, your pad, my pad, whatever it is. <laughs> That's truth. And the definition of truth is the highest form of reality that exists. The highest form of reality that exists. There may be things in the world that are and seem to be factual, but it doesn't mean that they're the highest form of reality that exists. Only one thing, the word, is the highest form of reality that exists. So I ask you a question. What have you based your life on? What the world says or what the word says? I have based my life on what the word says. And I might add, it's working for me, praise God. Joshua chapter one, and let's go ahead and begin in verse one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jericho, thou and all the people unto the land, which I do give to them and to the children of Israel. And notice God is saying, he never wants us to remain as we are. It's always another level. Yes, sir. Let your neighbor and say, there's always another level. <laughs> and notice, just like these people, many in the body of Christ are doing the same today. You want to just sit back, enjoy a comfort zone, and not have to use your faith again for at least six months. <laughs> well, that's just not the way it works. Amen. There's never a place where you can uh, relax spiritually. Why? Because your adversary never relaxes. He's out to stop you in any way that he possibly can. He's out to prevent you from enjoying God's best in your life any way that he possibly can. And one of the ways that he succeeds in doing that is to cause God's people to become 
spiritually lethargic, lazy. Amen. You cannot afford to do that, not in the time in which we live today. Amen. Because this world is not the same world we lived in just five years ago. Amen. So notice here he says, my, my servant Joshua, or Moses rather, is dead. So now it's time to move on. Don't camp out. It's time to move on. Go get what I told you is yours. Take possession of what I've said belongs to you. And then look at verse 8. This book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. And the Amplified adds this, and you will deal wisely in the affairs of life. Now notice that all is a result of the prerequisites Don't let the word depart out of your mouth. Meditate in it by day and by night. Observe to do all that is written therein. And then, everybody say, and then. Then you can expect God to make this happen in your life. You will prosper. You will succeed. And you will deal wisely in the affairs of life. The New International Version says, do not let the word or the law, and I'm, I'm interjecting the term, the word, Depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. How many of you want to be prosperous and successful? Amen. Amen. Well, what about doing it God's way? Amen. Amen. Because God's way works. His way works every time. Amen. It may not come to pass overnight. But if you stick with it, you will find out that God is faithful. God confirms his word with signs following, and he will do exactly what he promised he would do. Amen. Amen. So our part is to stay faithful to his word. Now, I have a question for you today. How much do you value God's word in your life today? How much do you value God's word in your life today? Is it the most important thing in your life? Well, don't say yes if it's not. Is it the most important thing in your life today? Well, if it is, then it'll make you a better husband, a better wife, a better father, a better mother, a better employee, a better employer. Amen. If it's the most important thing in your life, then everything about your life is going to become better. Amen. You have to value God's word. Value it. Treat it like Peter referred to it as precious. Amen. You've heard me talk about that before. Precious. What's precious to you today? What's valuable to you today? Is the word of God at the top of the list? If not, it should be. Because without it, then you have limitations. But with it, praise God, there is nothing you cannot do. The word of God makes the difference in your life. Amen. When I first learned that back there in 1969, we celebrated last weekend my 
55th spiritual birthday, February the 11th, 1969. And February the 11th, 2024, made 55 years. I'm only 55 years old. Hallelujah. I'm 77, but I'm only 55. Spiritually, praise God. So that means I was only dumb 22 years. Amen. But I'm smart today because I have Christ in my life and that made the difference. And, and back in those days, as you've heard me say many times before, I knew nothing about the Word of God. I, I, I was shocked that you could actually apply it to your life. I thought it was a history book. I thought it was a, a storybook. You know, I'd, I'd heard stories as a, as a little boy in the little Baptist church that we went to down the road, little white wood frame building. And, uh, you know, we started going there. And when we moved in that neighborhood, Carolyn's mom and dad already lived on that road. And we started going to the little Baptist church, Pinecroft Baptist Church, Pastor Jerry Smoker. And uh, he was a wonderful man. Everybody loved Brother Smoker. And when I went to Sunday school, you know, didn't want to, but mom said I had to. And then vacation Bible school. Oh, brother. I didn't want to go to vacation Bible school until Kenny Hennard, my best friend who lived across the street, he said, there's girls and there's, and there's snacks. I said, I'm going. <laughs> and the girls were more important than the snacks. We can eat later, praise God, you know. And uh, even though I did not want to go to vacation Bible school, I don't, real, I don't think you realize who's in your presence this morning. You are looking at Mr. Vacation Bible School. I won the title, praise God. And I don't know how I got it. I think Kenny rounded up everybody and had them vote on me. <laughs> but I just heard stories. I heard Samson and Delilah. I loved reading that story. I loved reading that story. Wanted my hair to grow out. Mom wouldn't let me. I thought that's what made the difference. If I had just had long hair, man, I could, I could destroy a thousand with a jawbone of a donkey. And David and Goliath. Oh, those stories, you know. But I didn't know any of that had anything to do with me today. I thought it was just a storybook. But it took a man named Kenneth Copeland coming to Shreveport and preaching like I'd never heard before and talking about God's word. In fact, I'll never forget it. He had us to hold up our Bible. And he said this. He said, say this with me. And so we all repeated it. This is my Bible. It's God speaking to me. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. And I can have what he says I can have. And that struck my spirit. I'd never heard anything like that before in my life. I am what he says I am. Well, then I had to go find out what he said I am. I can do what he says I can do. Then I had to go find out what he said I could do. And I can have whatever he says I can have. Then I had to go find out and find out uh, what he says I can have. And that became uh, the foundation for where I am today. Learning who I am in Christ. Learning what I can do in Christ. And learning what I can have in Christ. Amen. And if you haven't studied that. I would strongly suggest you do so. Kenneth Hagin wrote a book many, many years ago. 
It is a little small book, and I first discovered it in Tyler, Texas. The first time I ever heard Kenneth Hagin preach in person. Brother Copeland talked about him quite frequently on the messages, the reel-to-reel tapes that I had. And so Kenneth Hagin came to Tyler, Texas, about 100 miles from our home. And Carolyn and I and one of our friends went to that meeting that night. And uh, uh, after the service, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I didn't, I felt like I didn't even need a car to get back home. I was so high uh, spiritually with the message that Brother Hagin preached. And we, we got ready to walk out and he had a little table at the back and had his books on it. Only about seven or eight little books. I stood over those books and looked at them, wanted every one of them, but I didn't have a dime. Didn't have a dime. And the lady that went with us, she walked up there and she saw me look at them. She said, Jerry, do you think we ought to have those books? I said, oh yes, we need these books. She said, I tell you what, I'll buy them. You study them and then you teach me what's in them. I said, that's God. (laughs) And she bought all of those little books. And the first one I read was uh, how to write your own ticket with God, seven steps to prayer that brings results, redeemed from the curse, and this little book called In Him or In Christ. And that's when I began to learn who I was in Christ, what I could do in Christ, and what I could have in Christ. And I've been living off that revelation all these years now, praise God. And I'm still living off of it. So never get to the place where you no longer value the word of God. No matter how many times you've heard it, no matter how many times you think you've heard all there is to hear. I've been studying this book for 55 years. And every time I pick it up, I learn something new. I learned something new last night while I was in it. I learned something new when I was in it this morning. I never get tired of studying the Word of God. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a busy person. If you don't believe me, follow me. Some people have the idea, well, he just sits at home and reads his Bible all day. Are you kidding me? I wish I could. But I have responsibilities. I have a call on my life. Amen. And I'm extremely busy traveling all over the world. And if I'm home... You know, uh, I'm doing television broadcast. I'm doing, I'm, I'm editing books that, I've, that, that have been uh, typed from messages that I've preached. And, and I'm always doing something. And I look forward to those down times where I don't have anything else to do but study the Word of God. And if, and if I don't see that I'm going to have a time like that, then something has to put has to be put on the back shelf so I can have my time in the Word of God. Amen. Because I'm not going a day without being in the Word. And you think by now I would know all there is to know about it? Just about the time you have that attitude, go pick it up again and you'll find out how little you know. You've heard me say it before. The Word of God is inexhaustible. You will never never get to the place where you don't need to hear the word any longer. And that's one of the problems in the church today. The church by and large wants to be entertained. Let me try this out. I'll tell you. 
They want to be entertained. Amen. And I'm not here to entertain. I have a responsibility. I have a job. I have an assignment. Teach people how to become winners through the word of God. Amen. So if it's entertaining, wonderful. If not, take it anyway. I can't dance. I can't sing. Amen. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why not? I thought you said you were no respecter of persons. How come you give Danny all the ability? How come you give this guy? You ever seen him dance? How come you give him all the ability to write them cool songs? Huh? I'm just as handsome as he is. The word of God makes the difference. Amen. The word of God makes the difference. Don't ever get to the place where you no longer need to hear the word of God. So I'll ask you the question again. How much do you value God's word in your life today? The things we value most have an effect on how our lives turn out. Clarify. Clarify today, if you haven't already, what is most important to you? The word or the world? God's way of doing things or the world's way of doing things? 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 from the message translation says, don't love the world's ways. It just isolates you from God. Don't love the world's ways. It will isolate you from God. And as Jesus once said, without him, you can do nothing and you're limited. But with him, you can do all things, meaning no limitations. So you need him and you need his word perhaps more today than you've ever needed him and his word before. Can you say amen? Amen. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter two. Hebrews chapter two. For some of you, you will think, oh, this is just review. Well, if it is, you need to hear it again. I need to hear it again. You need to hear it again. Amen. Look at verse one. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip or slip away. The Amplified Bible says, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Everybody say, than ever. Much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. The message translation says, it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard. It's crucial. Crucial meaning uh, vital, essential. The Passion Translation says, be all the more engaged to the truths that we have heard. And the word engaged means attached to, fixed to, holding tightly to. Be all the more engaged to the truths that you have heard. Titus chapter 1 verse 9 says, holding fast the faithful word as you have been taught. 
holding fast the faithful word as you have been taught. In other words, if you can hold fast to it, it's quite possible you can let go of it. But the instructions are hold fast to the faithful word that you've been taught. The message translation says, have a good grip on the message, knowing how to use the truth. Keep a firm grip on the message, God's word, knowing how to use the truth. Jesus said, and let's go there to Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven. Jesus talked about two different people. And you could assume they were both church people. And let's look in verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Notice the person who hears the word and does them. He's a doer of the word. He doesn't just hear it only. He applies it to his life. He acts upon it. It says, this man is like a person who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So notice two people and perhaps we could, we could assume that both of these people are church people. Why? Because they're hearing the word. Okay, they're hearing the word. Now, in a setting like this, you can't tell them apart. Because they're both saying amen. They're both saying, oh yeah, hallelujah. In fact, they, they might both say, preach it, brother, preach it, brother. Well, all right. But when you tell, what, what, what separates them and how you can tell the difference between them is when the storms of life come. And the person who only hears the word, but doesn't apply it, the Bible says he's like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And when those storms came, it destroyed his house and great was the ruin of it. But on the other hand, the man who heard the word and he practiced it, he applied it, he did it when that same storm that destroyed the foolish man's house hit the wise man's house, it had no effect. It couldn't shake it. So which one are you today? Are you the foolish man who builds his house on the sand, which means you only hear the word, but when adversity comes, you let go of the word? Or are you the man who builds his house on a solid rock? And when you hear the word, you have determined that you will apply it no matter what comes your way, storms, whatever, sickness, whatever, financial uh, problems, whatever. 
You have made up your mind that you're going to act on the Word of God. You're going to believe the Word of God and you're going to expect God to bring it to pass. The Bible says your house will not be shaken. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a good shout if you believe it. You have to believe it. Jesus said it. It's in red. Hallelujah. Amen. So I, I read that story, uh, that, those, those, that message from Jesus way back there in 1969. And I had a habit. I had a little desk in our guest bedroom facing the, the window that looked outside the front yard. And I would, I would, I would listen to those reel-to-reel tapes of Brother Copeland. And then I'd put them aside and I'd, I'd, I'd go over those scriptures that he mentioned. And then there came a time when the Lord said, now put the tapes aside for a moment and let me cause this to become real to you. It's real to Kenneth Copeland. Now let me cause it to become real to you. And so I would read, I would study, I'd meditate and I'd get up and walk the floor in that little bedroom and just, just think about what I just read. And I remember reading that story, reading this message that Jesus, that we just read. And I said, Lord, I stood up. I had a habit of getting up from that desk and, and raising my Bible up. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be the man that you describe who builds his house on the rock. I'm not a hearer only. I'm a doer of your word. Amen. And no matter what comes our way, we will not be shaken. And guess what? It came our way. Satan came immediately to steal the word. How many of you remember the first time you ever found out by his stripes you were healed and you got excited? Praise God. I ran in and said, Carolyn, did you know we're already healed? She said, yes, I know that. I've been knowing that since I was eight years old. Now she grew up in a full gospel church. I didn't grow up in a full gospel church. They were full of something, but it wasn't gospel, okay? But anyway, (laughs) and... uh, uh, and I didn't know that. I, I had never heard that. By his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. I said, and I stood up from that little desk. I said, Lord, by his stripes, I am healed. My days of sickness and disease are over. Hallelujah. And before dark, I had all the symptoms of the flu. I felt like a dog. Oh, my goodness. I thought, well, I guess I must have read that wrong. (laughs) And I'd heard this after going to church from somebody. You never know what God might do. And that thought came up in my mind. You know, you never know what God might do. Sometimes he does, sometimes he don't. You know, and and that's Satan trying to steal the word from you. And, And I'd laid there in that bed. It was in my guest bedroom and I, got, and I got in bed. I had all the symptoms of the flu and I just read that morning, by his stripes I'm healed. And I, I'm laying there and wondering, did I read it wrong or is this not really true or what's going on? I'm a young believer. And then I heard this, healed men don't lay in bed all day. So I managed to get up and I grabbed my Bible and I walked the floor and that, that bedroom, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a, a third as big as this stage. And I walked the floor with a word and confessing it. 
and confessing it and confessing it over and over and over and made a decision. Either me or the devil is going to quit and I'm not going to be the one who quits. And as I continued confessing the word, the power of God came on me. Every symptom of the flu left, praise God. And I've enjoyed good health ever since. Hallelujah. Amen. So notice here, having a good grip on the message, knowing how to use the truth. Do you know how to use the truth? It's one thing hearing it. It's one thing believing it. But do you know how to use it? That's, that's where you get the results, is knowing how to use it. Now, notice once again, the Bible says that it's crucial. One translation said it's crucial that we hold fast to the Word of God perhaps more than ever before, meaning it's of extreme importance. Why? Simply because Satan knows that his days are numbered and he's launched an all-out attack to try to prevent, prevent you and I from excelling, advancing, progressing, and experiencing uh, the manifestation of our highest expectations being fulfilled. Amen. He does not want that happening to you. Why does he not want it happening to you? Because when it does, you have a big mouth. You'll tell somebody. And it will inspire them. It'll get them excited. And they'll think, if he could do it for him, he could do it for me. Now the devil's got double trouble. Amen. So understand that no matter what happens around you, I mean, you got to make this, you got to make this a, a vital truth in your life. No matter what's happening around you, it does not change the word of God. It does not change the word of God. And either the word is true or it's not. And if you hold fast to it, then you're going to find out it is true. God is going to cause it to come to pass in your life. Can you say amen? amen? So we're closer to the appearing of the Lord Jesus than we've ever been before. How many of you believe that? We're closer to his appearing than we've ever been before. And our adversary doesn't want us to experience what God has promised for us in these last days. Amen. I've said this many times before, and I want you to repeat it with me right now. My best days are not behind me. My best days are just ahead of me. Say it again. My best days are not behind me. My best days are just ahead of me. If you believe it, give the Lord a shout. Amen. God's got some wonderful promises for his people as they are approaching the appearing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you're not quite convinced yet, read the back of the book. We win. <laughs> we win. Praise God. So Satan wants you to take your eyes off God and he wants you to take your eyes off of his word. But I, for one, refuse to do that. I'm focused on the promises of God. I said, I'm focused on the promises of God and nothing is going to distract me. And I hope you are as well. Jesus said that one of the, one of the major signs of the end will be many shall be deceived. 
many shall be deceived. He even said, and if it were possible, even the elect could be deceived. Elect referring to those who have received Christ in their life and made a decision to live for him. But it says, if, if possible, even they could be deceived. How could people who've made Jesus the Lord of their life, given him first place in their life, how could that group of people ever become deceived? Get their eyes off of him, get their eyes off the word. Get their eyes off him, get their eyes off the word. And there are many like that right now. I go to churches all over the world and I see people like that. In fact, a lot of the churches I go to, I go to often. Some of them, I've been going there for years and years and years. They have accepted me as, as an apostle to their church. And, and one of the first things I do when I'm in those churches that I visit frequently is I, is I look for the people that were there the last time. And I especially look for people who were there when I was there 20 years ago. Are they still there? And sometimes I'll even ask the pastor, uh, where's the guy that, and he'll say, well, he, you know, he kind of backslid. I hear that quite frequently. I hear about people that have become deceived and they've taken their eyes off of Jesus. They've taken their eyes off of God. They've taken their eyes off of God's word. Amen? Amen. And deception is one of the things that Satan will use more so than anything else to rob you of God's best. He does not want you progressing. He does not want you advancing. He does not want you experiencing promotion. And he certainly does not want you to experience your highest expectations being fulfilled. So his best shot at you is try to deceive you. Try to deceive you. Did you ever notice in the book of Revelation when it says that uh, Satan will be removed? And if you keep reading, there's no deception. When Satan is removed, there's no deception. Go read it for yourself. I can't do all your homework for you. <laughs> that, that, that tells me that his greatest weapon is deception. And when, when he is unable to deceive, then he's unable to defeat. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? So be careful what you focus on. Be careful what you fix your eyes on. Be careful what you listen to. Your eyes and your ears are the gateways to your heart. Amen. So don't allow Satan to deceive you. As previously stated, it is crucial Everybody say, it's crucial that we hold fast to the truths that we have heard. Fix your eyes on what God has promised and refuse to be distracted. It's easy today in the world that we live in, perhaps more than ever before, to become neglectful to our responsibility to study, to meditate, and to do God's word. Satan hopes that you will you get so busy that you can't find time to do these things any longer. Amen. Be careful of embracing the attitude. Well, I already know all that I need to know. Be careful of embracing the attitude. I've heard all of that before and I don't need to hear it again. 
Those are dangerous attitudes. And Satan will use it. And in the long run, you will hurt for it. Amen. If God says it's crucial, then your attitude should be, it's crucial. Can you say amen? Amen. We must take God's instructions seriously. We could miss out on some of his greatest blessings here at the end. How many of you in here today truly believe that God wants you to experience and to enjoy all his blessings? And notice I use the word all. Not some, but all of his blessings. Let's remember Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2. And all these blessings. Everybody say, all these blessings. Say it again. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. The message translation says, all these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you. And notice, it's all these blessings. But there was a prerequisite. It, it, it required you staying focused on the word. Amen. Staying focused on the word. The apostle Paul says in Galatians three twenty nine, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. These are referred to as Abraham's blessings. But if you belong to Christ, then you're a seed of Abraham. And God told Abraham, not only will I bless you, but I will bless your seed in their generation. I'm Abraham's seed in this generation. You're Abraham's seed in this generation. And you are entitled to all these covenant blessings. Hallelujah. Somebody say, amen. I receive it. Amen. The Bible says you're an heir to them. They belong to you. Hallelujah. All of God's blessings belong to you. And don't ever forget this. And don't let anybody talk you out of them. No matter what's happening in the world around you right now, you are still entitled to every blessing that God has promised you. Every blessing. All God's blessings. I don't know about you, but I I don't want some of them. I don't want a few of them. I want every blessing and I want all the blessings. Hallelujah. Anybody in agreement with me? Yes, sir. How many of you want all the blessings? Every blessing. Well, they don't just happen. Like Brother Copeland used to say, it won't happen just like ripe apples falling off a tree. We have a responsibility. Amen. And what did God tell us at the beginning of this year? Stay in faith. Remain focused on the promises of God. And don't let anything that is happening in the world around you distract you. And if you will follow those instructions then your 2024 will be a year of progression, a year of promotion. And what else? A year of, say it out loud. And your highest expectations shall be fulfilled. Amen. But notice once again, the instructions. You know, it, it, it amazes me that people have the idea, and more so today than I've, than I've known since, since I've been traveling all over the world preaching the gospel. It seems like more people today have the idea that they can just live any way they want to live, and God will just bless them anyway. We're under grace, brother. 
No, grace got you in. That's what grace did. Grace, the grace of God got you in. But there's nowhere in the New Testament says, now that you're in, you don't have to do anything. Contrary to what some people say, the Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And it's the doers of the word who experience God's best. And by the way, the man in whom grace was revealed to, Paul, had more to say about doing the word than perhaps anybody else. And I think he knows more about it than some preachers today. Okay, I'm going to Medlin. Grace got me in. Hallelujah. I am saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Grace got me in a wonderful relationship with God. I'm not in good relationship with God because I've done so many good things. No. I'm in good relationship with God because Jesus did something good. And the grace of God got me in. Now I can find out what his word says, put it to work in my life, and expect him to confirm it with signs following. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, thank God for grace. Thank God for for faith as well. Faith and grace. Hallelujah. Amen. So never stop believing and never stop expecting the blessings of God to manifest in your life. Dare to believe that God is ready to take you to the next level. Now that's my introduction. I mean, the title of my message is advancing to the next level. That's where we are right now. Did you like the introduction? (laughs) No matter where you are in experiencing God's blessing in your life right now, there's always a next level. Always an next level. I'm more blessed today than I was 55 years ago. I'm more blessed today than I was 25 years ago. I'm more blessed today than I was 10 years ago. I'm more blessed today than I was five years ago. In fact, I'm more blessed today than I was a year ago. And I'll be more blessed by the end of this year than I've ever been before in the in the history of my Christian life. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm following God's instructions. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to remain focused on the promises. I'm not going to let anything in the world to distract me. And my 2024 is going to be a year of progression, a year of advancing, a year of promotion and my highest expectations being fulfilled. So that means I'll be blessed more by the end of this year than I was coming into this year. And I was blessed coming into it, but I'm headed for the next level. Hallelujah. Anybody want to go with me? Let's go to the next level. What do you say? Now let's go to Isaiah chapter 42. And we've talked about this verse many times in the past, but it's crucial that we hold fast to the things which we have heard. Verse nine. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So we've we've learned that God is the God of new things. 
It's not anything new to him, but new things to us, things we haven't experienced before. And I want to pronounce to you by utterance of the Holy Spirit, because I heard this in my spirit last night, something new and something great is on the horizon and it's got your name on it. Hallelujah. Something new and something great is on the horizon and it's got your name on it. You are headed for the next level. If you believe it and you receive it, then lift your hands and say, I receive it in Jesus name. Now verse 10 says, look at verse 10, sing unto the Lord a new song. It goes on to say, and let his praise uh, and his praise from the end of the earth. The message translation says, uh, let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise. And it also says, let God's glory resound. And that means celebrated with a loud noise. In other words, be so grateful about God doing something new, something great, and something special in your life in the days ahead that your praise echoes off the walls of this building, resounding. Can you do that? Let your praise be so loud that it echoes off the walls of this building. Okay, that was a good start, but I didn't hear an echo. Hallelujah. Let God's glory resound. Let it bounce off the walls of this auditorium or bounce off the walls of your living room. Get so excited about this new thing God's going to do that you just walk around the house shouting unto God. Hallelujah. To the point that your neighbors wonder what's happening in that house. Hallelujah. Amen. Just keep them guessing. Amen. Your best days are ahead of you. No matter how many victories you've already won, your greatest victories are just ahead. Just when your adversary thought he had you right where he wants you, God is going to prove to you again that he is the faithful God and that nothing Satan can do can defeat you if you stay focused on the word of God. And God is about to show you that what Satan meant for bad, he's going to turn it into something good. Hallelujah. Come on, let his, let his praise echo off the walls. Hallelujah. Amen. Satan will never get the upper hand if you stay focused on the word of God. You're about to have what I want to say, and I wrote this down. You're about to have, and it came to pass moment in your life. And it came to pass. I love it when it comes to pass. Does anybody else love it when it comes to pass? And I like even better when it comes to pass suddenly. Hallelujah. Suddenly. I think there's going to be more and more suddenlies in our life in the days ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. The Apostle Paul made this statement. It's one of my favorite quotes from the Apostle Paul. Philippians 1:19, When he was facing perhaps his greatest trial, greatest adversity, he made this statement, for I know this shall turn. I know this shall turn. 
The message translation says, I'm going to keep the celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Don't stop praising God. Don't stop celebrating. Amen. Yeah, but you don't understand. The devil just launched an attack. You know what the Bible says? God laughs at him. You need to learn to laugh at him. I said, you need to learn to laugh at him. I remember I got a postcard one time, uh, not, uh, I mean a, a, a greeting card one time. Uh, there was a church down in South Texas and uh, uh, they, they had a, a little piano. It was worn out. And this lady could play the piano. I mean, she could play the piano. But she had this piano that was just worn out, out of tune. I, don't, I think they tuned it several times and never could get it to sound right. And the Lord impressed upon me to buy them a new piano that night. And I said, go down and pick out whatever you want. She, she picked out a grand piano. I mean, it's expensive. And I paid for it. And the next time I went, boy, did it sound good. Hallelujah. And then she sent me a, a, a greeting card thanking me. And she said, the devil told me I would never have a new piano. And in this greeting card, when you opened it up, it said, and the devil said, what? And then this guy just breaks out laughing. <laughs> the devil said, what? And he just breaks out laughing. I want to ask you, what has the devil been telling you lately? You missed a good opportunity to break out laughing. The devil said, what? (laughs) Okay, you'll get it about three in the morning. You'll wake up and you'll start laughing and you'll say, I wish I'd have done it in church. Okay. I'm going to keep the celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. Sounds like to me, the apostle Paul expected promotion, progression. Amen. He knows that it's not over and he knows that God is about to take him to the next level. And that's the reason why he would not allow Satan to steal his joy. Wouldn't allow Satan to shut him up. God never intended for you to remain as you are. He wants to do for you what Samuel said he did for Moses and Aaron. Listen to this. First Samuel 12, six, the Lord advanced Moses and Aaron and brought them up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord advanced Moses and Aaron and brought them up out of the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt represents the land of bondage and the land of not enough. And when God advances you, he takes you from bondage and he takes you from lack and he takes you from not enough into freedom and more than enough. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is about to advance you. You are leaving the land of bondage, the land of not enough, and you're headed for the land of freedom and the land of more than enough. And give the Lord another shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. 
God is the faithful God. He delivered them. He advanced them. And he can do the same for you. Amen. Verse 16 of that same chapter says this. Now, therefore, and you might want to turn there and look it up for yourself and highlight it. Now, therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Stand and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Uh, The message translation says, watch this wonder that God is going to perform for you right now. Watch this wonder that God is going to perform for you right now. And the word wonder means new, unusual, great, and extraordinary. New, unusual, great, and extraordinary. When God advances, like he did Moses and Aaron, when he advances you, then he says, stand and watch the wonder that he will do for you. Something new, something great, something unusual, something extraordinary. And I believe that God is about to take you into some of the most wonderful surprises that you've ever experienced. Hallelujah. I shouldn't tell people to shout. You ought to just shout anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a new day, a new season, a new time. New things are headed your way. Hallelujah. Stand therefore and see this great thing which the Lord will perform before your eyes. Hallelujah. I'm telling you by utterance of the Holy Ghost again, it's just a matter of time and you're going to break out. You're going to break through and you're going to be so glad, so glad that you didn't give up. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm waiting for a shout. Praise God. I said, I'm waiting for a shout. Stay in faith. Remain focused on the promises of God. Don't let anything that's happening in the world distract you. If you make the decision to do these things, then stick it out. Wait on God. Don't give up. And I'm telling you, you are going to be so glad you didn't give up on God and you didn't give up on his word. Advancement, progression, and promotion are coming your way. Amen. Even if it looks as though it's impossible, is anything too hard for the Lord? It's your year. I said, it's your year. Hallelujah. Now go to Psalm 37 for a moment. Psalm 37. I believe I will. Thank you, Tony. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Who said that? Come on, you did it right on time. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Brother Jerry, if I shout, do I get some money? No. Just shout anyway, hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Did you need that? I did. I thought so. That's the reason I gave it to you. Amen. It pays to obey the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, now listen to this. 
Look at Psalm 37. And I, I want you to do this. I want you to look at verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, and verse 7. And I'm going to pick out some words in each of those verses that I want you to highlight. Verse 3, trust. Highlight or underline. Trust in the Lord. Verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord. Delight. Number five, commit thy way unto the Lord. Numbers, uh, verse seven, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. So notice these four words. Delight or, or trust, delight, commit, and rest. Say it with me. Trust, delight, commit, and rest. Say it again. Trust, delight, commit, and rest. Now, if I was Oral Roberts and you were sitting in one of his services and you came up to him after the service and said, Brother Roberts, that was a wonderful message. He would immediately say this to you. Tell me the three points that I made and the three main scriptures. He called that an oral exam. Now, if I was to say to you, now I've said a lot of things, but if I was to say to you, what is something important that you learned today from my message? Then I'd like for you to be able to say, trust, delight, commit, rest. Say it again. Trust, delight, commit, rest. Trust, delight, commit, rest. One more time. Trust, delight, commit, and rest. All right, now notice what it says in verse 4. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He shall give thee the desires of of your heart. That sounds like highest expectations. Amen. Amen. Now look at verse five. If you commit your way unto him, trust also in him, he shall bring it to pass. Highest expectation will be fulfilled and he will bring it to pass. And then verse 13 in that same chapter says, the Lord shall laugh at your enemy for he seeth that his day is coming. Learn to laugh with God. Learn to laugh with God. If God's laughing at your adversary, then learn to laugh with God. And just say from time to time, uh, you said what, devil? (laughs) Are you kidding me? You don't think I'm going to win? You don't think I'm going to overcome? You don't think I'm going to progress? You don't think I'm going to advance? You don't think my highest expectations are going to be fulfilled? Ha, ha, ha on you. Amen. So what are these four important points that if I was to ask you after the service, what'd you learn today? Trust. Again. I could have been a lawyer. I rest my case. Praise God. Amen. If you do these things, then he says, 
the desires of your heart will be fulfilled. It will come to pass. Now, in, in preparation for clothing, look at First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. I said in preparation for clothes. I didn't say I was going to close. <laughs> Just preparing to. Look at verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God is symbolic of the power and the ability of God to do for you what you're unable to do for yourself. The mighty hand of God, symbolic of the power and the ability of God to do for you what you're unable to do for yourself. Now, the Passion Translation says this, God multiplies grace and favor upon you when you are humble. He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. He will eventually exalt you when you leave the timing in his hands. Okay? Now, to humble yourself also means to allow God to take the lead. Don't try to make it happen for yourself. Follow the instructions that God gives you. He knows what he's doing. He's been here before. He will not let you down. Your part is to trust. Your part is to delight. Your part is to commit. Your part is to rest. And if you do these things, then God promises that he will exalt you. That means he will promote you. You will experience advancement. Your highest expectations will be fulfilled. God has made it easy. Religion has made it hard. Amen. All we got to do is obey God's word. And when you, when you know that you have obeyed God's word, that's what causes you to be able to rest in the Lord. That's what enables you to go to bed without worry and fretting. That's what enables, enables you to get up in the morning with a dance in your step. You may not know how God's going to do it, how God's going to make it happen. I very seldom know how he's going to do it, who he's going to use, and, and what he's going to do to make it happen. But I do know this. My God is the faithful God. I'm resting in that. Hallelujah. I said, I'm resting in that. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and let's just bless the Lord for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for being who you are. The God who is dependable. The God who is reliable. And the God that cares so much for us that he's given us his word. And if we have the good sense to apply his word in our lives then he promises that he will confirm it. He will cause it to come to pass in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father, and we give you praise for it. Can you give the Lord one more good shout of praise? Hallelujah. Amen.